Welcome to Directions in Rashi, a podcast that will help you understand individual comments from Rashi throughout the Chumash, and that will also introduce you to some of the general principles which I feel uh, directed Rashi in his creation of his commentary, and that will help us to understand his commentary better all around. Welcome. Today's shear is on Parshas Kisi Saw. I'd like to discuss what is perhaps not a contradiction between two Rashi comments, but at least a discrepancy, a difference in the way he explains the same point in two different places. Let us begin with a Pasek that is stated just after the Cheta Egel, the sin of the golden calf. The people have done what they have done. We're not going to uh, go into the very difficult task of defining exactly what the sin was. It was certainly something uh, in the category of idolatry, whether it was literally idolatry or something related to idolatry is a, is a complex discussion, but it was certainly a terrible sin. And Moshe Rabbeinu, of course, prayed for forgiveness. And we read in Perak Lamed Beis, Pasuk Yud Aleph, Moshe es Hashem and Moshe Rabbeinu uh, entreated before Hashem, his God, Vayomer, and he said, Lama Hashem yechra apcha ba'amecha. Why, Hashem, should your anger burn at your people? Why should you be angry at your people? Asher hotseisa mi'eretz Mitzrayim, that you took out of Eretz Mitzrayim, v'choyach gadol uviyad chazakah, that you took them out of Mitzrayim with a great strength and with a strong hand. Rashi says, Lama Hashem yechra apcha. Now Rashi seems to understand that Lama Hashem yechra apcha ba'amecha is somewhat separate from the next phrase, in other words, that you took out of Mitzrayim with great strength is not the reason why Moshe Rabbeinu was saying, why Hashem are you angry at them? But rather, Rashi says, Does a strong man become jealous of anything other than another strong man? So there is a Gemara in Avedah Zarah, which, if you look at that Gemara, it sounds like it is the source of this Rashi, and it sounds like from the Gemara that what it means here is that Moshe Rabbeinu was saying to HaKadosh Baruch Hu that why are you upset that the Bnei Yisrael made an, uh, a golden calf? A golden calf is, is, is powerless and meaningless. It's of no, it's no competition for you, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, not even, not even any supposed co- uh, competition. It is so uh, insignificant and so meaningless that you, you need to forgive it. It's, it's, it's meaningless. It's like the world heavyweight boxing champion having a fight with a five-year-old. It's, he sees a five-year-old who, who's a little stronger than the average five-year-old. The world heavyweight boxing champion is not going to be jealous of him. We're going to uh, assume that this is the meaning of Rashi for the moment, 
Be'ezras Hashem, we will come back to it. But this is what Rashi says here, that Moshe Rabbeinu was saying to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the eagle is not worth your trouble, so to speak. It is not of significance, of significant, of sufficient significance that you should even bother with it. That's what Rashi says here in Parshas Kisisa. If we go to Parshas Yisrael, to the Aseris Adibrais, we will see that Rashi says something else. Here we have the first of the Aseris Adibrais, Anoichi Hashem Elokecha, I am Hashem your God. And Rashi, in the middle of a long comment, he raises the question, why does the Torah use the singular expression, Elokecha, your God, meaning pointing to one person, not your plural God, which would be Elokechem. In fact, the Aseris Adibris are addressed to the entire Klai Yisrael, but it, there seems to be a, an unusual grammatical form here. It says, Elokecha, your God, singular. So Rashi says, why is that? This is to give an opening to the mouth of Moshe, to give him an opening, to literally to teach defense by the Maisach Eagle. In other words, this is giving Moshe Rabbeinu a claim in defense of the Klal Yisrael when they will eventually sin in the Maisach Eagle. Because he could claim that the mitzvah of Anoichi Hashem that I alone am your God, was Kiviachol only given to him, to Moshe Rabbeinu, and not to everyone else. And therefore, if everyone else uh, served idolatry, or at least some subcategory of, of, of idolatry, so then they are not totally culpable. So, Litain Pischan Pela Moshe, the Lamed Sanegoria Bemaso HaEgel, the Rebbeinu Shalaylam used this word Elokecha in order to give Moshe Rabbeinu a, an opening to, to have a claim in his defense case in the Masa HaEgel, the Zehu Sha'amar, and Rashi says, and this is what it says, Later in Parshas Kisisa, Lama Hashem Yechra Apcha Biyamecha, the pasuk that we are discussing, that Moshe Rabbeinu said, Why Hashem should your anger burn against your people? Lo lehem sivisa lo yiyalachem elohim achirim. Not to them did you command that thou shalt thou shalt not have any other gods before me. Eloli levadi, only to me. So now we see here a discrepancy between the two Rashis. In Parshish Kisisa, Rashi said that what was Moshe Rabbeinu's claim? What did, he, what, what did he mean to say when he said, He meant to say that that a, that a strong man is only jealous of another strong man, but he's not jealous of some, some little weakling. And therefore, as we explained so far, the eagle is so meaningless and so powerless that it, it should be of no concern to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But here in Parshish Yisrael, Rashi is quoting that same Pasuk. He is interpreting that same Pasuk, Lama Hashem Yechre Apcha And he says a different interpretation. He says that Moshe Rabbeinu meant that why are you angry at your people? You didn't really command them not to have idols. You only commanded me. So we have this discrepancy between the two Rashis. 
Rabbi Eliyahu Mizrahi, the great super commentator on Rashi, he notes this difference between the two Rashis, and he says the following few short words. He says, yichshor. Borrowing a phrase from Sefer Kohelis, he says, this and this are kosher. They're both good. Okay. <laughs> They're both good, but which one is it? But he says, this and this is good. It's not exactly a contradiction. We could say that when Moshe Rabbeinu said, Lama Hashem yechra why Hashem should you be angry at your people? Maybe he did mean two different things. I would like to discuss this discrepancy though. Perhaps we can say a little bit more than simply, they're both good. First, I'd like to go back and understand a little better each of the two Rashi comments. Going back to the Pasuk and Parshaski seesaw. So the truth is, what Moshe Rabbeinu says in simplicity is, is very, uh, very hard to understand. The Klai still just committed a very severe crime, which we see had some very severe consequences. There was a possibility that they could have all been destroyed and the whole nation would have then had to descend from Moshe Rabbeinu. So this was a serious crime. However, we will uh, exactly define the crime, but it is something of, of monumental seriousness. And what does Moshe Rabbeinu say when he begins to pray? Lama Hashem yechra Why Hashem should you, uh, should you be angry at your people? What do you mean, why? Ramban brings up the point. What do you mean, why? Why? Because they just did a terrible sin. Moshe Rabbeinu should say something about uh, perhaps they were mistaken and they are extremely repentant and they, and they regret it and then we, we, we will, we'll, we'll pay for it in some way. And, but not, why are you angry? Of course, HaKadosh Baruch Hu should be quote-unquote angry to whatever exactly it means to say that HaKadosh Baruch Hu was angry. And so there are several different comments on this. Chizkuni, for example, says as follows, even though they did what they did, you, Hashem, should not uh, cause, uh, you should not lose, you should not destroy in a light moment, all of the toil and all of the goodness, all of the kindness that you have done for them, meaning I think what he means is he's referring to the end of the Pasuk. This that you, you put in so much energy and attention to taking them out of Mitzrayim with such great strength, you shouldn't let that all go for naught. So, Lama Hashem yechra apcha ba'amecha. That is one approach to understanding this, this kashya, Lama Hashem yechra apcha ba'amecha. Of course, it's not so easy to understand the chizkuni, what does it mean? Why should Hashem lose all of the toil? When, when, when all of the toil for Hakadosh Baruch Hu is not difficult. Hakadosh Baruch Hu could do it over again and again and again. But this is how the Chizkuni explains it. Rabbeinu Sadia Gaon, who, as we've mentioned many times, wrote an Arabic translation of the Torah for the people of his of his times, who for the most part spoke Arabic, the Jews of his time which has subsequently been translated back into Hebrew. So Rabbi Sadia Gaon says that Lama Hashem yechra apcha 
really means al techra abcha. It's not really a question, Lama Hashem Yechra. It really means don't. Please, Hashem, don't be angry at your people. Lama is not, there's no, there's no question, Lama, I understand why you, you, you might do so, but I'm asking you, Al, Al Techra Abcha. And the Rabbeinu Sadia Gain points out that we see the, name, the same thing in the next Pasek. The next Pasek, which is a continuation of Moshe Rabbeinu's Tefillah, Moshe Rabbeinu says, Lama Yomer Mitzrayim Lamor. Why should the Egyptians say, that a Kodesh Baruch Hu, that you a Kodesh Baruch Hu, took them out of Mitzrayim with evil intent in order to kill them in the mountains and to destroy them from the face of the earth. In other words, if the Egyptians see that we are all killed in the Midbar, so they will think that that's why God took them out of Mitzrayim in the first place. Now, here the Rabbeinu Sadi Yagoyin is saying again, it's not a kashya lama yomru mitzrayim. Why, why would the Mitzrayim say this? Why should the Mitzrayim say it? We understand why the Mitzrayim would say that. It's a, it's a reasonable conclusion that the Egyptians would come to. But rather, lama yomru mitzrayim means lo yomru mitzrayim. Please, Hashem, don't allow the Mitzrayim, the Egyptians, to say this. And Rabbeinu Sadia quotes, no, I'm thinking of something else, pardon me. But this is how Rabbeinu Sadia Gaon explains the Pasuk. That Lama, Lama Hashem Yechra Abcha Biamecha means, Hashem, don't let your anger burn against your people. I am beseeching you, please don't do it. There's good reason for it, but please don't do it. Rashi took a different approach than either of these two commentators. Rashi says, Lama Hashem Yechra Abcha, Rashi understands that Lama is a question. Why Hashem should your anger burn? Klum miskaneh gibor ela begibor. Does a gibor, does a strong man become jealous of anyone except another gibor? Now, up till now, we've been understanding that it means that the eagle is not worth getting angry at. However, there is a comment from the Sefer Be'er Mayim Chaim, which was written by the brother of the Maharal. Here, I've put the comments over here. The brother of the Maharal, Rabbi Chaim, was also a great Talmud Chacham, and similar to his brother, he wrote a super commentary on Rashi on Chumash. And he, I'll read a few words here. It says, Moshe Rabbeinu requested from Hashem, that he should not look at the greatness of their sin. He should look at the lowliness of an Adam, the lowliness of a human being, in comparison to the, to the master of the universe. And a Kodesh Baruch Hu should consider that if a human being is Yitzhak or Marshia, whether he acts in a righteous way, or in, an, or in an evil way, my yifal bo, what will he affect in God? What effect will he actually have on the Rebbeinah Shalevo? Ki'im leven adam sidkai secha, ish kamecha rishecha, ka'omer be'iyev. He quotes here a Pasek, really all of this is a Pasek 
is a quotation from a Pesach in Eov. The Pesach in Eov says, If a human being will act righteously or unrighteously, what effect will it have on HaKadosh Baruch And Leven Adam Sitkoisecha, Eov's friend Elihu said to him, Leven Adam Sitkoisecha, to another person, your righteousness can have an effect. If you do a favor, if you act fairly and righteously to another person, yes, that, that can benefit the other person. Or if you act in an evil way to another person, that can have a, a different kind of effect. But on the Rebbeinah Shalolam, you have no effect. You can't budge the Rebbeinah Shalolam. On a certain level, what human beings do has no effect on a Kodesh Baruch there's a Pasek which is quoted very, very often in Chabad Chasidus. It's a Pasek in Navi, Ani Hashem Leishanisi. I am Hashem, I have never changed. Ultimately, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, in his essence, whatever exactly that means, but HaKadosh Baruch Hu, on a certain level, on the essence level, is unchangeable. And it doesn't matter what you do. There is a different level. There's a certain Hanhaga. There's a certain practice of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that he does look at what we're doing, and he does mete out reward and punishment. But on a certain ultimate level, you, you, cannot, you, you cannot budge the Rebbeinu Shalom. And this is what Moshe Rabbeinu is appealing to, that ultimately what your Klal Yisrael does, what human beings do, is ultimately not going to change you. It is not going to touch you. And therefore, you should let it go. Of course, he, he means with tshuva, with, with, uh, with all of the uh, factors of tshuva, as, uh, as explained by the Rambam and the Rabbeinu Yoyna and so forth, and, and there were certain procedures that were done. And, uh, but there has to be, Moshe Rabbeinu is, is asking that there be a way out of this sin, because ultimately, the Rebbeinu Shalom remains the Rebbeinu Shalom, unchanged by any human activity. That's, I think, we can say, I'm going to adopt this approach to the Rashi here in Parshas Kisisa. Going back to the Rashi in Parshas Yisrael. So here Rashi says that Kivyachol, uh, so to speak, HaKadosh Baruch Hu commanded HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, Anoichi Hashem Elokecha, he was only speaking to Moshe Rabbeinu. And therefore, Moshe Rabbeinu was, was fully obligated to, to serve only HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but to Klai Yisrael there was a certain Pisgain Peh, there was some, some sort of opening that it could be claimed that they did not have to absolutely observe this principle of Elokecha, that I alone am your God. Of course, they are obligated to, to, to only serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but there is, there is some, some way out in, in Bidiyavad, Bidiyavad, if, if, if somehow they, they failed in this, in this matter, there is, there is somehow a way out to claim that, it, that we really were not the object of that commandment. The Maharal in his super commentary, Gur Aryeh, uh, gives us a 
a very difficult, very deep explanation of this. I'm not going to attempt to, to, to repeat it and to explain it. But perhaps a, a simpler approach is that we know that in ancient times, idolatry was rampant. Idolatry essentially was the international practice, the international religion. And when HaKadosh Baruch Hu came, came down in Harsinai, and he commanded an entire nation of men, women, and children that they may no longer do idolatry, this was a very difficult task for them. This was not easy. We find, for example, a famous Gemara, the Mesecha Sanhedrin, that Ravashi, the great Ravashi, the, one of the redactors of the, of the Talmud, he managed to bring up in a dream the, uh, the spirit of Chizkiyahu, not of Chizkiyahu, of, uh, of Menashe, Melech Yisrael, who was known from Tanakh as a, as a king who did a lot of idolatry. And Ravashi had a discussion with Menashe, and he asked him several questions in halacha. Actually, it was Menashe who asked Ravashi several questions in halacha, none of which Ravashi knew how to answer. Menashe had all the answers. And so Menashe saw, uh, Ravashi saw that Menashe is a great Talmud Chacham. So Amalei, so Ravashi said to Menashe, since you are so wise, so my So what is the reason that you served idolatry? You're such a great Talmud Chacham. Why is it that we find in, in the Navi that you were such an idolater? Amalei, Menashe said to him, if you would have been there, you would have grabbed on to the bottom of my cloak, and you would have run after me. You would have run to do Avedah Zara as much or even more than me. The pull of idolatry was very great in ancient times. And that could be what Rashi means over here. That Moshe Rabbeinu, a person like Moshe Rabbeinu, there was no one like Moshe Rabbeinu, but the person on his level, there was no one else, he could truly be commanded, Anoichi Hashem Elokecha, I alone am Hashem your God, you shall have no other gods before me, you shall not serve any form of idolatry. But to everyone else, this was a extremely difficult task, almost to the point that we can say in a certain sense, that they are not fully culpable when they transgress this. They are culpable, but there is a certain, there is a certain leniency. There's a certain little opening by which they can escape with tshuva, with regret, with et cetera, et cetera. But there is a way to escape because it is a very difficult commandment for them to observe. If we look at the two Rashis in this way, that what Rashi is saying in Parshas Kisisa is that Moshe Rabbeinu said to HaKadosh Baruch Hu that you shouldn't, you shouldn't be upset at what mere human beings do. And if you look at the Rashi in Parshas Kisisa, that Moshe Rabbeinu, according to this Rashi in Parshas Kisisa, Moshe Rabbeinu is saying, really, it comes out quite similar 
that you shouldn't you shouldn't be upset, so upset that the Klal Yisrael has transgressed the prohibition of idolatry because they're really not capable of observing it fully. It's really uh, too much of a of a shock for them, too much of a drastic change to, to stop on a dime and to stop doing idolatry. It comes out that the two Rashis really are two sides of the same coin. In both cases, they are saying, look, these people, this, this Klal Yisrael, as human beings, really can't live up to this mitzvah, to, up to this prohibition of idolatry. Uh, perhaps they will grow into it with time, but to, to destroy them because they have faltered in this matter is, is unfair. They're just human beings and what they do is, first of all, insignificant. And they are just human beings. They are too, they are too accustomed to idolatry to suddenly stop completely. So it's really two sides of the same coin. So it's not just, we can explain according to these interpretations, that it's not just like what the Mizrahi says, Zev is a Yechshor. It's two different, two di- totally different explanations, but the, either one is good, so, so don't worry about it. That's what the Mizrahi says. But I think we can say, after explaining them, as we have done, that they're really just two aspects of the same explanation. The only question that remains is, why in Parshas Yisroi, does Raji say this explanation, this aspect of the explanation? <clears throat> and why in Parshas Kisisa does he say a different aspect of the explanation? And I think that question can be answered fairly simply. The explanation that Rashi gives in Parshas Yisrael, that only to me did you command, not to them, that is something that the Rebbeinu Shalom hinted at when he came down on Sinai and he said, So he phrased it in such a way that Moshe Rabbeinu would get this message. Now it's a message that is extremely complimentary to Moshe Rabbeinu. It is saying, you, Moshe Rabbeinu, you are one, one in the world who can really be expected immediately to fulfill this, to, to be careful about this prohibition and to fulfill this mitzvah. But anyone else, there has to be a certain a certain measure of, of leniency. That's what the Rebbeinu Shalom hinted at to Moshe Rabbeinu. But when Moshe Rabbeinu was speaking in Parshas Kisisa, this is Moshe Rabbeinu's tefillah, it could be he didn't want to emphasize that point. Moshe Rabbeinu was anav mikol adam. He didn't want to publicize. He didn't want to say today, he didn't want to say, he didn't want to go back to Hashem and say, God, you know, I'm great. I can observe this commandment, but you have to, you have to give a break to all these other people. That Moshe Rabbeinu didn't want to say. What did he say instead? He said, according to how we have explained it with the Sefer Bermayim Chayim, that he said, Kodesh Baruch Hu, ultimately, what difference does it make if these, what these insignificant human beings do? I'm also a human being. What you, you, you have to have a certain patience with human beings because they ultimately cannot, cannot affect you. So Meshur Rabbeinu, according to Rashi, in each case, 
Moshe Rabbeinu emphasized a different aspect of his argument because it's not really Moshe Rabbeinu in Parshas Yisrael. It's the Rebbeinu Shlodom. There the Rebbeinu Shlodom revealed to Moshe Rabbeinu one aspect of the argument, but when Moshe Rabbeinu actually had to put it into practice in Parshas Kisisa, he edited it, so, so to speak, so that it should not come out as any praise to himself, but rather simply a statement about human beings in general. Thank you for listening to Directions in Rashi with Yochanan Joseph, author of the book Directions in Rashi, available from Feldheim Publications. Production aspects were carried out by Minagain Music. Visit them online by going to facebook.com slash Minagain Be More.